today we're going to talk about creating new game mechanics from scratch. Hey everyone, welcome to the 56th episode of the Game Dev Field Guide. I am your host, Zaccavelli. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Zaccavelli underscore and join me for Game Dev Streams on twitch.tv slash Zaccavelli underscore. Also, I have a huge announcement. My first commercial game is now out on Steam. It is called Bounce Shot. And it's an action puzzle FPS where all of your shots must be bounced. If you're into sort of thinking shooters like Portal, I think you might like it. Like I said, it's on Steam. It's called Bounce Shot. And it's only $5, so please go give it a look. And if you do buy it, I would ask you to please leave a review on Steam. And I guess I can turn this into kind of a learning moment Whenever you release a game on Steam, your very first goal should be try to get 10 reviews. Basically, every game that gets released on Steam gets put into a dark closet where it's not recommended to anyone and doesn't show up on anything. Um, the algorithm just kind of ignores it until it gets 10 reviews. The idea there is that Steam is trying to cut down on asset flip games and low effort games and stuff like that, but unfortunately smaller indie dev games sometimes get trapped in the same closet. So yeah, I need to get to 10 reviews on Steam, and if you ever release a game on Steam, that should be your first goal. I think I'm sitting around 6, so yeah, if you could, please, first off, thank you for buying Bound Shot, but secondly, if you do, please leave a review really really helps me out it would be the most influential thing you could do in order to help my game dev career so yeah go check out bounce shot uh, now released on steam with the intro out of the way let's move on over to the game dev challenge the game dev challenge is the part of the show where i give a prompt to the listeners and it's intended to be like a 15 minute exercise where you can sort of reinforce the lessons from the show. And I usually do that in the form of a post on our community Discord. Um, there's an open invite link in the show notes for that. But yeah, last episode's prompt was to pitch a deep crafting system for a game. Episode 55 was all about crafting systems. And we kind of talked about the differences between shallow and deep crafting systems. And we got a ton of submissions for this game dev challenge. But as you know, there can only be one winner, and that winner is Fresh. Fresh's post says, I once came up with a crafting system for spells and a prototype. It turned out to be very special and fun, but was also kind of complex. And I'm paraphrasing here because it is long to read. I got inspired by the spell crafting system in The Elder Scrolls Oblivion where in that you can, to a limited degree, create your own spells. In Frisch's example, you start by collecting so-called rune pages, which consist of hexagonal grid with 5 to X free cells. On these pages, you start by placing elemental runestone on the basic elements fire, water, earth, or wind. The start element describes the starting element of your spell. 
So an example would be, the fire element would create a flame and has a chance to burn the target where the wind creates a gust that would have strong knockback. Fresh goes on to say, to make the spells really usable and powerful, you have to further modify them with catalyst runes. This would include runes that turn the spells into projectiles, explosive novas, auras, etc. And to set the cherry on top of it all, you could take a look at elemental interactions. For instance, water and earth would result in mud and could have the ability to slow enemies. You could use all this to make a spell in the end that shoots a fire projectile which explodes on contact and leaves behind a freezing rock wall. And in order to separate the end level tier from the low level tier spells, the rune pages have less available slots at the beginning and more to create more powerful and destructive spells in the end. And Fresh has a little diagram uh, kind of showing one of these pages with all the hexagonal slots filled, and it shows the elemental runes and the sort of condition runes, I guess, uh, all connected. I really like sort of um, mix-and-match crafting systems like this. This kind of reminds me of Path of Exile's crafting system. I think it gives a lot of customization options to the player and gives them a lot of agency over their crafting. I think crafting systems like this really excel because it gives you that kind of thing where I mentioned in the last episode where if you know a recipe that works really well, it's fun to like share it and feel like it's your special recipe. In the same way you would do uh, for cooking in real life. Like maybe you came up with a really cool spell combination um, and you can share that in the games community. You can say this is Zaccavelli's special fire tornado recipe or whatever it is. So yeah, I think it's a really cool idea, and congratulations to Fresh for winning the episode 55 Game Dev Challenge. For the episode 56 Game Dev Challenge, I want you to pitch a video game idea for a real-life activity that hasn't been popularized yet. Later in the episode, we're going to mention some of the ways that you might come up with new game mechanics, and one of them is taking real-life activities and just making the digital video game equivalent of it. So yeah, I think this can be a really good method for coming up with new game ideas. And here's your chance to pitch one, um, and I'll give you bonus points if you can pitch an idea that isn't popular, like I said. Or I guess the more obscure it is, the more bonus points you'll get. So if you can pitch a good video game idea for... I don't know, underwater basket weaving, then I think you're going to hit a pretty niche and unique market. If you have a good idea, go on over to the Open Community Discord. There's a link to that in the show notes. And go to the Game Dev Challenge channel and submit your post. With the Game Dev Challenge out of the way, let's move on over to the body of the episode. Today's episode is about creating new mechanics. And by that I mean we're going to take a look at what goes into designing a game mechanic that doesn't already exist. This is opposed to how I've said in the past where the best way is to take mechanics that work from other games and rehash them or add some kind of new X factor. I still stand by that strategy by the way, but I thought it might be fun to take a look at some other ways we can come up with mechanics. Let's first start with a definition of what a game mechanic is. And with that question, we've already gotten into a can of worms. 
because there's no agreed upon definition. Some people will say a game mechanic is just the rule set for the game. Some will say it's a system of interactions between the players and the game. To me, the simplest definition is the game mechanics are the reasons and methods the player interacts with the game. In a shooting game, for instance, at the core of the game is why you should interact with it. And the answer to that is, well, you want to win and you should shoot that thing before it shoots you. So there's the reason part of the mechanic. The method is then to use your gun and pull the trigger. Without both the reason and the method, you don't have a shooting mechanic. I recognize that this broad definition of mine has some complex answers, and to kind of highlight the shortcomings of my definition, let's look at Minecraft. Our community Discord has been on a bit of a Minecraft kick lately. But yeah, let's look at Minecraft's mechanics. You could say, what's the reason for interacting with Minecraft? And then what is the methods? And for both those, you might get a dozen or so different answers. Some might say it's for the building. Some people might say they interact for it with it to have like a peaceful foraging adventure. Some people want to go and find diamonds. And if the reason for interacting with the game is diamonds, they might have 10 or so different methods for finding them. So I do recognize that there's a flaw with the broadness of my definition, but I think if you look at it narrowly, it helps uh, framing things in the reasons and methods rather than a more rule set oriented definition. I also want to point out that when I talk about game mechanics today, I'm specifically talking about video game mechanics. I think the rules are slightly different for board games or sports, and I think it's going to make sense why I limited it to video game mechanics uh, with the first method. So with that, let's actually get into our first method for coming up with game mechanic ideas. Let's transport ourselves back in time to roughly the early 1970s, right at the dawn of video games. I think we take something for granted today in game design that designers back then didn't have. And that's just that nowadays we have tons of examples of good mechanics and design for video games. You would be hard pressed now to come up with a game idea that isn't in some way influenced by other games that already exist. Like I said earlier, this isn't a bad thing. I think it's actually a good thing that we don't have to reinvent the wheel. But I want you to think about what kind of position you would be in if video games didn't exist yet. Where would you start with a game idea? And this is what real-life designers had to do in the early 70s. And to me, that's a really fascinating thought. But I don't think the answer is maybe as whimsical as you might think. It's not like they had some kind of divine inspiration to come up with the very first video game ideas. And from my perspective, they didn't really even come up with brand new experiences. A lot of the things they made were just abstracted and digitized ones that already existed. Think about how many early games are based on puzzles, board game mechanics, or sports. The most famous early game, Pong, is just a digital abstraction of ping pong or air hockey. The designers basically took something that is fun in real life and turned it into a video game equivalent. And I don't mean to make that sound like it's some kind of negative thing. Uh, I think this is actually a very valid strategy for coming up with new game mechanics. And that's my first tip. If you're trying to come up with an original game mechanic, 
Think about what is fun or compelling and what drives emotion in real life, and just make the digital equivalent of that. I suppose this strategy is sort of tangential to my golden rule of game dev where you're trying to capture an emotion or experience. But yeah, I think finding things that are fun in real life and just making the video game that is that, but the video game version, is a really good strategy. I'll give you a good example. For my game Bounce Shot, which is now out on Steam, the game's core mechanic of having to bounce all of the shots comes from a specific experience of something me and my friends used to do when we were kids. We would take ping pong balls and try to do trick shots bouncing them into red solo cups. Like, you would see how many things you could bounce it off with one throw and land the ball in the cup. You could do off the floor, off the wall, off the counter, off an angled frying pan and into the cup for an instance. Bounce Shot is basically just the digital video game experience of that. And that's why I think Bounce Shot has a fresh and innovative core mechanic because there's not too many games that capture that specific experience because that is my specific experience. But I hope with that example you can see why I chose to cut it off on figuring out methods of coming up with new mechanics for specifically video games. If we don't cap it at games, then it's really more a question of figuring out what is compelling about any experience. You could think of it like what are the game mechanics to life and how do we invent new ones to try? Where did the very first people capable of understanding fun come up with games? All of those ancient sports and board games, how did people figure out what the original game mechanics were? All of those topics are super interesting, but I'm way underqualified and too sober to start talking about those things right now. So we're just going to cap it at video games. So yeah, the first strategy, take the things that are already fun in real life and make the video game version of that. And try and look for things that nobody has done yet and I think you'll come up with something innovative. Pokemon Snap, for instance, started off as a photography game. They took something that was fun and compelling in real life and made it into a video game. And the mechanics at the time were truly something new and innovative. So let's shift gears a little bit now and look at coming up with game mechanics from a different perspective. Earlier I said game mechanics are the reasons and methods the player interacts with the game. I think maybe an even easier way of thinking about it comes from a quote by the great Sid Meier. Sid Meier said, Games are a series of interesting decisions. And it's with this mindset we can come up with new mechanics. Or at least vet ones that we have come up with. I think it should be noted that in this same talk where this quote is from, Sid mentions he doesn't think that taking ideas from other games and piecing them together... Uh, he doesn't think that style always works out. So this is kind of his mindset for coming up with mechanics. And if we're looking at making a series of interesting decisions, we should understand what makes an interesting choice or decision in the first place. Lucky for us, Sid also breaks this down in this talk. One of the things he mentions is that trade-offs are often interesting decisions. Like if you're playing a strategy game, do you go for a cheap solution to a problem that will have you keep having to buy it, or do you go for an expensive solution that will last for a long time? I think the interesting choice ideology caters more to strategy-focused games, and it makes sense given the kind of games Sid Meier makes, but that's not to say it can't be used for other games. 
The reload mechanic present in pretty much all shooting games presents a couple of interesting choices. Should I choose to reload now while I'm vulnerable or later when I'm safe? Do I choose the gun with the larger magazine but less damage? Or more damage and more reloading? I hope you can see that a solid game mechanic creates interesting decisions. And it works as a good sanity check for your own mechanics that you come up with. Does your new mechanic lead to interesting decisions? Depending on that answer, you'll have a good idea if it will work or not. The next strategy I want to talk about and I think can be helpful for coming up with new game mechanics is ideation through constraints. I think it's really hard to come up with a solid game mechanic idea from scratch if you have no constraints. Like you almost get paralyzed and blinded by the sheer number of options that it becomes hard to design something when you can design anything. I think constraints help guide the mechanical design process and sort of narrow your focus. With that narrowed focus, I think it's easier to come up with more unique, niche, or even original game mechanics. If you think about it, this is essentially part of the purpose of a theme and modifier for a game jam. Many original, new, fresh, and unique game mechanics have been born out of game jams. In fact, if you're looking for inspiration for game mechanics, a really good place to look is in the top 20 or so games in a game jam. You can go to old Ludum Dare ratings and look at the games ranked by their innovation score. And you can find some really cool stuff that is often unexplored outside of the game jam. Another great way to do this is to watch the Game Maker's Toolkit Jam results videos. If you just search GMTK Jam on YouTube, you'll find it. And you can see what games placed highly. And what's nice about that is the host, Mark Brown, is really good at describing and explaining what works about specific mechanics. The reasons the game idea is good and interesting. His whole YouTube is built on that skill. And I think it's the reason he's so popular. His YouTube's really good, even outside of the GMTK Jam results videos. And I'd really highly recommend you go check it out. But yeah, there's a lot of inspiration to be found in those Jam results videos. And again, this is just another bonus and reason why you should be doing game jams. I've said it a bunch of times, but I just want to reiterate, game jams are the best way at getting better at making video games. And they can be really good opportunities to come up with new game mechanic ideas and build them into actual games. But maybe you don't have the time to participate in game jams. After all, for a weekend-long game jam, you're pretty much taking that entire weekend and dedicating it all to game dev. Well, this is where I want to get into my next strategy for coming up with game mechanics. And that is rapidly prototyping random ideas. And I mean random in both the mathematical and general life sense. Mathematically, you could create a matrix of feelings and actions, or whatever things you think make up a description of a game mechanic. And then if you randomly combine these two things and prototype an idea for that, let's say you randomly picked feelings and got whimsical, and you randomly picked from actions and you got jumping. Now, when I think of whimsical, I think of that Van Gogh painting, Starry Night, and it's sort of swirly patterns. And if we combine that with the jumping action, 
maybe we have some kind of jump mechanic where instead of the character taking a linear or parabolic path on their jump, it's more of a uplifting swirly pattern. The key to this though is not just to think of the idea, but to actually prototype it. I won't know if this swirl pattern jumping is fun or a solid mechanic until I make it. Maybe it feels fresh and new, unlike any other platformer out there, or maybe it's terrible because it's hard to control and literally nothing <laughs> jumps like that, so you have nothing to compare it to and get a feel for it. Either way, I won't know until I prototype it. And by making these rapid prototypes, you're going to discover a lot about what kinds of game mechanics work and don't. And what's nice about it is you can make prototypes really fast. If you just dedicated one hour a day to making a prototype and made one prototype a day, you could try five different game mechanics every week. And also, I think I've talked about this before, but I think it's worth re-mentioning um, because it does happen. Sometimes you'll just naturally discover a mechanic through a glitch or just happenstance. Like maybe when you're making one of these prototypes, you accidentally set the speed of the player character way too high. And you go to playtest it, and at first you're going to be like, whoa, I must have set the wrong value for this. But you'll try it out, and you realize, hey, this is actually pretty fun. And you continue to flesh out that idea and build some high-speed mechanics that you never would have thought of before if you didn't accidentally set the speed way too high. I think the key to all of this is volume. If you make as many prototypes as you can, you're going to have more instances of this sort of serendipitous game mechanic discovery, and you're going to get better and better at figuring out what kinds of game mechanics work. In fact, I used to only do this. All I did was make prototypes. For a few years, actually, that was the only thing I did. And it does have a sort of trap where you can just get stuck making prototypes and you never really complete or finish anything. But I can't deny that those years of just prototyping stuff really honed my skill at coming up with fun game mechanics and getting good at making prototypes rapidly. So yeah, that's the last strategy I wanted to talk about, and I think it's a good one. You can find ideas for new game mechanics through the sheer volume of prototyping every little random thought that comes into your head. And if you don't have those random thoughts, you can force them into your head uh, by combining those feelings and actions, like I said earlier. Anyways, let's recap the major points of the episode. Today's episode was about creating new mechanics from scratch. These are different methods and strategies than taking mechanics you like from other games and remixing them together for your game, which, by the way, I still think is a very valid strategy. But today was ways to come up with them from scratch. Remember, we started talking about what a game mechanic is, and while there's no true definition, I describe it as the reasons and methods a player interacts with a game. Our first method for coming up with game mechanics was to make the video game version of a real-life experience. A good example of this was the core mechanic in my game, Bounce Shot, where you have to ricochet your shots off of various surfaces. And that's just the video game version of the trick-shotting ping-pong balls I used to do with my friends. Our second method, or mindset really in this case, comes from Sid Meier. He says games are a series of interesting decisions. And I think that mindset really helps in checking if your new mechanic idea is actually good. 
really critically think about your idea and determine if it does lead to interesting decisions. If you're struggling to come up with an interesting decision, remember that trade-offs almost always lead to interesting decisions. The third method we mentioned for coming up with game mechanic ideas was ideation through constraints. It's really hard to come up with something unique when you don't have guidance and you could make anything, so giving yourself constraints helps guide and narrow your focus and ideas. A theme in a game jam is a good example of this. And lastly, we talked about coming up with game mechanics by sheer volume. Making tons of prototypes, maybe even guided by a random matrix of feelings and actions. Or maybe even a glitch while you're working leads to you down a path of new and interesting game mechanics. The idea behind this method is that if you really explore all the crazy ideas you have through prototyping, you're bound to discover what kinds of mechanics work and what doesn't. This can lead to circumstances where you come up with brand new game ideas, and I think it really helps hone your skill for coming up with new mechanics. So yeah, that's going to do it for me today. Thank you for listening to the episode. I hope you got some uh, good tips and pointers out of it. Don't forget my game Bounce Shot is now out on Steam. It's an action puzzle FPS game in a similar vein to Portal, and it's only $5. I promise it'll be the most exciting $5 you spend all month, maybe even all year. And remember, if you do happen to buy the game, first off, thank you. And secondly, if you could leave a review so I can get to that 10 Steam reviews for the algorithm to get my game out of the dark closet, I would really appreciate it. Lastly, I want to say I know the episode schedule has been a little bit weird uh, this week. I will be on vacation all next week, so I'm going to put out a quick tips episode before I leave. And uh, yeah, you should expect a bonus episode when I come back. So kind of a weird schedule, but I'm just making a hole for (laughs) where my vacation is so I can uh, take a little break. With that, I'm going to sign off. I have been Zachavelli. And you've heard it here first. A pickleball video game would make millions of dollars. Mm-hmm.